There's also a bit of a, a misconception about what architects actually do. You know, well, we don't only design buildings; we sell yeah. knowledge. Yeah, that's true. And how can you sell knowledge if you don't know how your buildings actually perform? Yeah. Then it becomes, you know, assumptions. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and well, though your designs maybe look great, you know, it's still assumptions. Hi guys, welcome back for another episode of the IBD Hub. Uh, today we're going to talk about how to create value through architecture and our guest will be Peter Andreas Statrup, Senior Advisor of uh, the Danish Association of Architectural Firm. Uh, before we get into uh, the episode, I just wanted to make another uh, small and shorter introduction than last week. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to update you a little bit on the situation. So from what I've heard from some architecture companies, um, a lot of you have decided to keep the teams at home and just use the office as a meeting space, which I think is absolutely amazing, amazing decision. Um, and that is gonna teach us how to reevaluate our workspace, which is great. Uh, but I also know that for some of you, it has been difficult, especially the ones that have kids at home or uh, people that are people's people and that are usually uh, used to have uh, people around them. Uh, it can be really difficult and um, I hope that you will find the right balance um, with time. Today it's for me the first uh, face-to-face meeting I'm gonna have since February so I'm like extremely excited about it. Uh, of course we're gonna be safe but it's just nice to have a discussion with uh, professionals face to face as opposed to always with Zoom. So I'm looking forward to that. So yes, uh, let's carry on and, uh, and let's stay strong throughout uh, this period. Um, the other thing that I wanted to mention is that, of course, we still stand um, behind Black Lives Matter. And we're still encouraging the listeners to donate. Uh, I will put the link for donations in the podcast description. So please go ahead. Uh, any little amount helps. So please uh, uh, try to contribute if you can. And then the other thing that I wanted to tell you about is that I'm really trying to get uh, to people to talk to you about architecture and urbanization and how this has created um, the segregation of minorities in cities. Um, so bear with me. Uh, the two guests are very uh, hard to get on the podcast, so um, it will happen, but uh, just bear with me a little bit more, also because it's a touchy subject um, currently. But we're really working on this episode uh, carefully. And finally, the last thing that I wanted to mention is that we really want um, 
different kind of people to come on the podcast, especially women. Uh, and it's not that we didn't uh, try to integrate women to the table, but it's just they're very hard to get. <laughs> Actually, we've been trying to get women on, on board for such a long time, you can't even imagine. So uh, bear with us, we're going to try to diversify um, the people that come onto the podcast and also their background. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And then for the rest, uh, we're going to move on to the episode. All right. So uh, today I'm here with Peter Andreas uh, Statrup, the senior advisor of the Danish Association of Architectural Firms. Hi, Peter. Hello, Julia. Thanks for welcome. having me on your podcast. Yeah, welcome. Uh, I'm very happy to have you here. Uh, we met at the BNA International where you uh, gave uh, a presentation on how to create value uh, through architecture. And this is uh, pretty much the subject that I wanted to discuss with you today. Um, do you want to maybe explain us a little bit what uh, your role is and uh, what led to this conversation uh, about sure. value creation? Um, I'm working with the Danish Association of Architectural Firms, as you mentioned, and that's sort of the sister organization of the BNA in uh, the Netherlands. And we have uh, 650 members. They are uh, mostly very small practices, and then we have also the bigger architectural companies in, in Denmark as our members. And we take care of their political interests. We do uh, business, um, business development uh, consultancy for them. and. Uh, we uh, try to figure out, you know, how can we uh, improve the market conditions uh, so that uh, to improve the business conditions of architectural firms. So that's basically it. And my role is um, I'm in charge of sustainability, which we think of in terms of sustainability will simply be um, the common denominator for future jobs. It's about creating more value and uh, reducing the uh, use of resources or using resources wiser. Uh, so that's all related to uh, sustainability. So we think of this as innovation and development, really, yeah. Yeah. and business and, uh, development. And uh, how did it all start? How did this whole conversation about value creation start? What, what was well, it the... goes back. It goes back quite a quite a long while. I've been practicing as an architect for ten years in big offices, small offices. Uh, I worked in the UK. Uh, most of my career was in Denmark, and then after ten years, where I've had some projects that were uh, commercial housing uh, developments. Any architect will know how commercial housing developments. Um, usually start mm -hmm. there's a very fixed space for architectural de design due to uh, economic conditions and uh, you're also uh, under quite quite a strict um, well rule of economy basically uh, from the part of the developer and uh, as I saw it there was actually little room for, for architectural design apart from you know creating a good uh, apartment solution and so on uh, then I also had some, um, some great experiences doing um, retrofit, uh, mm -hmm. which was of uh, a Danish modernist icon, 
the uh, the radio broadcasting um, headquarters in, in Denmark, which is one of the true iconic buildings of, of Danish modern architecture. And what I figured out in that project was that since we had a, a program of, uh, of uh, improving the acoustics, this was supposed to be a music academy, we could simulate how um, the spaces that we designed actually uh, shaped the uh, acoustics, the sound, the experience, and so that, and we can model it, and we could actually uh, describe this in number in numbers. Um, yeah. We also this was ten years ago, or 15, it's almost fifteen years ago. This was a BIM pilot project, and that meant that we could also also quantify, you know, every uh, bit and piece that went into the project, so we could begin to have control of the economy of the project to a much higher degree of detail. So what I thought, you know, from or what I got from that experience is that if you can actually model the performance in experiential terms, if you can model the uh, performance in economic terms, then you have greater control as an architect. So that was the key insight. And um, then I applied for a PhD in sustainable design and, uh, and got it. And I uh, took this idea of modeling in this in instance, uh, daylight energy. Um, I took that idea further and uh, developed a methodology and a way to actually create, uh, you know, uh, numerical um, arguments to carry architectural ideas. Yeah. So that uh, once you model something and you can actually show that it, that it works, how it functions, then it's much easier to um, to convince uh, your client that that is actually a really good idea that saves them money and proves the yeah. uh, the functionality and the experience of space. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, Gary. Yeah, sure. No, I was I was just going to say that the the two things that I love the most about this project is uh, first of all you're you're kind of making architecture with which is a subjective theme. Uh, more based on data so you can evaluate it in, in a more rational way so it's not just a subjective design but it has data backed up right uh, and the second thing that I liked about it was also by uh, having people having feedback on their design it also kind of shrinks the design process for the next project right yes i think that as architects we're educated to to shape experiences and i think that is really the core of it we take care of what people you know how they uh, use these spaces or can use these pieces we imagine you know we use our empathy in order to imagine how these um, spaces can create you know uh, pleasant good usable conditions for people uh, but we usually just stick with that, you know, empathy and imagination, and we don't actually go out and examine how do these spaces actually work and how yeah. are they perceived by the users. And um, like you can model uh, spaces, you know, using digital modeling tools, you can also model or you can get feedback from uh, from from um, from users, which you can actually create use to to improve your next design. Yeah. And I think that also this feedback is 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 uh, very useful in um, uh, creating a basis for actually uh, learning more about you know what is successful about the uh, the space and what is to be improved in the next project or in future future adaptations of the project.
Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, key idea here is that um, if you want to be a bit more precise about how architectural design creates value, then the um, the condition uh, for creating value is that the value is really in the experience of the users. If they experience that the space is of value to them as an experience or as a you know, functional uh, facility that uh, enables them to do something that they think is valuable, then it is valuable to them. Yeah. And you can get data from them, which is in the beginning, you know, qualitative data. But once you begin to uh, try to go more systematic to it, you can actually begin to quantify also uh, social impacts and things like that. Yeah. And, and um, that is the social value, but it is really the social value that creates economic value because in the end, it's a question of the economic value is a question of willingness to pay for a certain service or for a certain experience. And in order to understand the um, connection between social value and economic value, well, you have to unlock the social value first. Yeah. Uh, what I saw from my experience as a as an architect is that there was a big gap between the architects, the clients, and the users. So this way, you're kind of bringing users closer to the architect directly, in a way. Yeah, and I think that's also a, a strategic issue that we uh, that we need to to think of in terms of architectural practice. Because what we see now is that uh, usually uh, the architects, or traditionally the the uh, the role of the architects were sort of the, uh, the 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 right hand of the client. You know, trying to figure out what the client's needs and uh, how do we go from there. You know, creating a strategy, developing the project, keeping control of costs and uh, construction works and, not, and now the whole process is much more fragmented and uh, very often we see uh, architects as subcontractors to a contractor for instance yeah. which means which is a very unsatisfactory uh, position to be in uh, with very little power over the results so i don't think that's good for architecture and i don't think it's good for architectural business either mm. um so i think that one way to improve our credibility as architects is actually figuring out you know what do the users really think of what we do yeah. and if you can create you know structured data about that and you, for instance, can prove that, um, you know, you have a 90% satisfaction rate about, you know, a space that you designed, or you have um, qualitative statements saying, well, this is great buildings, you know, we, um, we think it's great study environment. And that is said by the students, that is said by the teachers, that is, you know, uh, said by the management of that uh, education facility, for instance, then you have a very good case uh, for for your architectural design, you know, as a, as a service, uh, yeah. to improve the, uh, to, to imp improve the, uh, the, uh, work-life conditions of people. So uh, all that, their study, uh, results. That's kind of a, a small investment for the architect to do after the delivery of the building, but that will then bring him more credibility and more value when he has yeah, can you imagine, you know, the, the, the sums of money that architects spend on competing, you know, yeah. uh, we have design competitions, you know, for all jobs, you know, over a certain, uh, certain size and uh, usually only have one winner and four losers and, uh, and, and the fees are usually not uh, enough to pay, you know, 
uh, half of what goes into uh, preparing a competition project, for instance. So vast sums of money are just flushed down the drain, you know, working like that. Um, Of course, you need to to win jobs. but then let's imagine, you know, uh, what do you do, um, you know, how much does it cost to actually create a, a user survey or figuring out, you know, doing a bit of post-occupancy evaluation of your building mm-hmm. and actually getting that data of whether your design is a success or not, or, you know, well, well usually it's, it is a success, but, mm-hmm. but, uh, but it's also valuable to know what you can improve, you know, because that's a very good argument for, uh, for your future clients or perhaps the client that you just worked with that you're aware of, you know, what was great and you're also aware of what can be improved and what should be improved and what might become your next job with the same client. Uh, doing a post-occupancy um, evaluation uh, is, isn't necessarily a, a very ex- expensive uh, exercise. Mm. Yeah. And it's not an expensive exercise compared to what it costs just to enter a competition where you have an 80% failure rate. Yeah. All right. But, Statistically, uh, at least. What, what was the outcome of your research? How did people react to it? Um. Um, well, um, the research is really based on uh, a number of case studies. We, uh, well, of course, we have a lot of uh, architectural companies and we've asked them, you know, to present their cases and also to present some documentation of, you know, how was this evaluated? Do you have uh, performance figures, you know, um, things like uh, improved uh, uh, numbers of visitors, you know, improved um, healing, if it's a healthcare facility, improved learning, if it's an educational facility. Um, and um, now we have, a, a, you know, a, almost 100 different cases uh, from all aspects of life, basically. Uh, which is sort of the base of of, of this research. And I think that what surprised us was that the uh, impact can be so incredibly powerful. Um, We really see some some projects that uh, change. For instance, uh, one of the... uh, uh, you know, some of the derelict housing areas from the 60s, you know, after a big uh, retrofit uh, and a lot of user participation, that condition had turned into trust, uh, you know, and um, less, you know, less vandalism and things like that. Uh, so we can actually completely transform the psychology of, of or perception of of a, a huge housing district, you know, by architectural design, by participation, by dialogue, uh, and many other means. So I think that there's there's a very strong case for architecture as sort of a medium of of transformation on a social scale that also have huge economic impacts. Um, and I think that uh, since we now have all these cases, we can always find, you know, uh, a group of cases, cases uh, that tells a story about specific architectural impacts. Yeah. And uh, that, has, uh, that has actually changed the, um, the, the conversation, you know, the public conversation about architecture quite a bit particularly in the uh, construction value chain here in Denmark. I think that we've been presenting this uh, internationally as well, and uh, you saw it uh, at the BNA. And I think it really uh, strikes, you know, strikes a a note with uh, people that uh, 
have been uh, thinking this was the case, but haven't had the proof uh, and sort of the the, um, the 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 facts to support it. So I think it really uh, resonates with a lot of people, particularly architects, but also yeah. clients. Um, people begin to think, really, can that is is that true? That's pretty amazing. You know what what happened? You know to uh, business moving into a f- new facility or uh, a new school opening or uh, things like that. Yeah, for sure. And then there is also like uh, probably the realization behind it. In some cases, probably some architects found some flaws in their design that maybe they didn't expect. Um, Mm. I know a lot of architects that have some design features that they repeat in many projects, but they never actually had. It was based on assumptions, let's say. So... Mm. For sure, if you get a real feedback from a user, you can start tweaking a little bit your design features in order in order to get more perfect design. Um, yeah, some of some of, some of the pioneers art architects. Um, it owes um, the second largest uh, city in in Denmark. Uh, they did anthropology, you know, anthropology uh, mm-hmm. evaluation of of their designs, and they figure out, you know, that. Uh, but things that were underused or underdeveloped uh, and that they could then communicate that this we can to improve together and, um, and, and, and sort of having that, uh, that process actually also improved uh, future or you know, potential clients' uh, perception of them as, as, a, as a business because it, you know, it, it inspires trust. You know, if, you, if you actually have a process that says, well, we go back and we figure out, you know, how to uh, how to um, improve conditions? You know, once they're, they're in use, and mm-hmm. we uh, give you that feedback, and we do that systematically. Um, basically, I, I would say, you know, um, there's also a bit of a, a misconception about what architects actually do. You know, well, we don't only design buildings; we sell yeah. knowledge. Yeah, that's true. That's and how true. can you sell knowledge if you don't know how your buildings actually perform. Yeah. Then it becomes, true. you know, assumptions. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and well, though your designs maybe look great, you know, it's still assumptions. Yeah, that's true. And I think that we can be much, we can really improve the knowledge base of architectural design if we just do the little exercise of going back Asking the client, asking the users, you know, what made a difference to you? How? And how big is that difference? If it maybe, you know, often it can actually be measured, you know, in proxies. Like, uh, you know, students completing their exams, the rate of students completing their exams, you know, uh, attendance, uh, you know, job satisfaction, uh, motivation. There's a lot of um, you know social Fair data out there that, that 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 have great economic uh, impacts too, and that can actually be, be be linked to economic performance as well. So why not make our case for architectural designs? You know, harvesting some of that social data and uh, working with it. You know, we're we're used to working with uh, information for the basis of our designs. Why not be a bit structured about social? Uh, information and you know uh, having a feedback loop on yeah. uh, on social performance yeah and and do you do you think that this can be uh, brought forward like this can be pushed pushed a little bit forward 
Um, I think that the methods do exist, and uh, we've been publishing this uh, book, Architects Document Your Value Creation, which is sort of a guidebook to getting started with, uh, with uh, you know, trying to understand how your design creates value and communicating it in a credible and, uh, you know, straightforward way. Um, so that's sort of a, you know, an introduction how to how to get started. Uh, the notion of value that we use is really that uh, that's not, of course, only uh, economic value. You have to look at the entire range of cultural, social, economic, mm -hmm. environmental values, um, uh, sort of a triple bottom line uh, idea. And you also have to look at it not in immediate terms, but in long term terms as well. Yeah. Uh, and that's because, you know, it's bad architecture if it's only worked for the first generation. You know, sure. we have to have several generations uh, uh, on board in, 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 the, uh, in, the, uh, in the ideas that we present. So that's the, the primary notion. If you're sort of going on uh, on a quest to uncover the social value, then you should use social science methods, which is mm. not that difficult and actually have been integrated in architectural practice, you know, by... Uh, pioneers such as Jan Giegel, who has an urban design consultancy, uh, livability consultancy in, in Copenhagen, and yeah. been practicing uh, everywhere in the world, you know, for the last four decades or something like that. Uh, well, what do you do? You go out, you interview people, you figure out, you know, what happens inside their heads. What, what are they thinking? What do they like? What don't they yeah. like? This is all data, you know, that is data about the site you're working on, it's data about your proposals, you know, it's data on your build projects, how do they actually work. And you can do surveys, uh, questionnaires, you can do observation studies, because obviously people are not always aware of what they think or what they do. So you have to employ, you know, sort of a range of methods, but it's not rocket science. No. You just have to go... A bit system, you got you know some indicators, and you have some some close you know data, you know uh, people telling or saying things. That is data as well. It's not just numbers. Yeah. And all for that, you can you can use to create you know mind maps and uh, a better you know founded idea of what actually works and what solves you know the problems that people actually want to have solved. Yeah. So that's the social aspect. If you look at the environmental um, uh, value, then of course what we build is the human habitat that is architecture you know there's architecture everywhere around you you know if we look at the you know environmental values and i think that we need to to talk about the uh, the environment in, in in terms of value as well uh quality and value because the environment is basically that we shape you know by architectural design is actually the human habitat and we can actually employ design principles that are pretty well established and that we, we know how it work. Uh, there's actually a lot of uh, research in architectural design and you know, possible outcomes uh, from that. But we can also begin to quantify environmental impacts, uh, such as you know, what is the, uh, the, the outdoor environment going to be like? You know, how many sunlight, sunlight hours do we have in a space? What is the daylight conditions? You know, what are the thermal conditions? And we shape that by architectural design. We can quantify that during um, environmental modeling and so on. So that's, you know, the, uh, the landscape between architecture and engineering and so on. We can employ that for better decision-making and also for describing with precision how uh, the, uh, the, the buildings we design and the 
spaces we design, the, the, the cities we design, how they uh, actually perform environmentally. And then there's, of course, also the question of environmental impacts that we really need to, uh, to, to, to look at. Um, of course, in terms of climate change, but also in terms of uh, uh, biodiversity loss. Um, so we need to integrate uh, life cycle assessments of environmental impacts in the way that we shape architecture design. So that's the environmental values and how we uh, try to, uh, to establish, um, you know, that part of the uh, triple bottom line model. The last is the uh, economy, and of course, everybody, you know, if you're an architect, you work within the constraints of economy. You know, every single decision you take is, is related to economy. But what we need to do is to shift that economy from uh, the cost of construction to the costs of the entire life cycle of the building. And we also need to look at uh, the, um, the potential of circular economy. And we need to find ways to model the business case for architectural design. And not just the business case for, for the client uh, or the investor, but we also need to, to create a business case for society at a larger scale. We, um, this, is, this, is a, this is a rather ambitious um, idea, and it hasn't really been tested in that many projects. But we do have projects where uh, attempts have been made to, uh, to model and describe the, uh, the, um, the societal value of, um, of, uh, of a project or intervention, at, 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 for instance, at, a, at an urban scale. Mm -hmm. And we can see that uh, in these cases where it's done, it can have huge social, you know, environmental impacts and benefits that are far greater than the cost of actually construction. Yeah. Uh, and if we can make those cases, I think that we would definitely improve the case for architectural design as a service, not just to the client, but for society, and then uh, address, you know, with greater confidence the need for greater architectural design because. Uh, basically, you know, it's our living conditions that we shape. Yeah. Now we had uh, on one of the episodes we had Superworld, um, which is a startup, and basically uh, their their motto is to really provide a business case uh, with a social and economical impact more than just mm. a design. So uh, that's you know, it's always refreshing to see that people are starting to think in a different way than just purely design or purely engineering. But also the nice thing about your research is that architects can also exchange knowledge. So they're able to assess what has been done in different projects and learn from it. So you don't learn just from your own, but you have visibility over um, other feedback on other typologies as well. Sure, and I think that we have, um, you know, in the uh, <clears throat> Association of Danish Architectural Firms, we have uh, facilitated knowledge sharing, and I think that it has been uh, a great success because the practices actually learn a lot from each other, and that um, improves everybody's game, basically. Yeah, well, that's something uh, so to I think achieve. That's, that's pretty yeah. important. Yeah, that's something. Of that... course, you know, you can, you can, you. you <laughs> You should also only share, you know, what you think is, is good to share. Of course, a, a little bit of, of the tips and tricks, you know, you keep for yourself, but you can definitely 
uh, also help creating a market, you know, because if you're mm -hmm. the only one providing a service, then the market will be very small. But if you're a handful of people actually providing the same service, then it becomes a service also in the mind of uh, clients. Yeah, you're really right. So it, it's also a question of, of actually creating a market for a particular, you know, innovative service. Yeah. If you only keep it to yourself, maybe maybe you, you, you will have a smaller market. That's, of That's course, true. very very individual, you know, depending on what it is that you do. That's true. That's true. Well, thank you so much for, uh, for coming on to the episode. Um, I really loved our conversation and I'm glad that we got all this knowledge out there today. Well, you're very welcome. And uh, I'm really, you know, I'm really just trying to improve the conditions for, for architects everywhere. So uh, I think uh, this, is, this, is, this seems to me to be a, a way forward. Yeah, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you so much, guys, for listening to another episode of the IBD Hub. I will put the link of how to create values through architecture in the bio of the episode, so please feel free to download it. And uh, we will also publish it uh, through LinkedIn so that all of you guys have access directly to it. Thank you so much for listening and have a great week. And I'll see you next Monday.